gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. These gifts are for us to help one another. Um, to one person, the, spiritual, um, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of um, a special knowledge. To the same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from God, Spirit of God or, or another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in an unknown language, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is one and only spirit, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So see, there's all kinds of gifts. And God talks, God decides which gifts that we're supposed to have. And he gives them to us. And they're designed for us to help each other and to learn from each other. And so I'm going to talk to you about these gifts in a minute. It's the, first, the first section of them is ministry gifts. Okay, And that's the gifts that God gives the church um, to develop leadership and to guide the church and to, to build the church. And that's apostles, which is like a church planner or someone who builds a church, builds churches. Um, prophets, evangelists, shepherds or pastors, and teachers. These are all things that are needed in a church that to, to help lay the foundation of growth. You've got to have you know, these things in a church to, 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 to move forward. That, that's kind of like the foundation of the, the, the leadership structure. And then you have motivational gifts. And these are really cool, cool gifts here. These are, the first one is helps. These are, all, the, all these gifts are, are designed to help encourage and, and, and stir believers in the church. So the first one is helps. I'm going to stay here for a second. The helps is uh, anything that you, if you're a kingdom keeper in this church, you, you have the gift of helps. You are a usher, a greeter. You work in the security team. You work on, on, on the, the, uh, the, the parking lot team. You, you're on the worship team. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're working in the green room. You, you help cook for events. Whatever it is, you help set up. You help break down. That's the gift of helps, okay? And that's a gift that we all need, we all should have. If you are not a helper in the church and you desire to help, um, you're saying, hey, I'm not a kingdom keeper. And then you're like, well, first off, what is a kingdom keeper? Well, kingdom keeper is a better name than volunteers. Most churches or a lot of places have volunteers. We don't want to just call you a volunteer because to me you're more important than that. You're a kingdom keeper. You keep the house. You keep the anointing. You keep, you keep the integrity of our church wherever you're at. You're a kingdom keeper. Um, and so I want to just tell you, thank you so much wherever you're at in that, in that, in that line. Whatever you do here in this church, thank you for helping. Because nobody would just come to church if they had to drive up. Nobody greeted them. Nobody had nothing for them. There, was just, there wasn't nothing anywhere. Nobody keep the kids. They just walked in and here I am. It's just me. <laughs> Nobody would show up next week. You know, but thank you for doing that so people will come back because it's because of you. Because see, here we are already you know, 35 minutes into service and nobody hadn't seen me until just now. So you, you are the people that they see, the greeters and the ushers and all that. So thank you so, so, so much for what you do and how well you do it. And you do it with excellence. And I honor you all today for that. But anyway, the next thing is the gift of exhortation or the gift of encouragement, which is my number one gift. I love it. People's like, how do you do that? And I'm like, and they're like, how do you encourage people all the time? Because people come to you all the time down and depressed and defeated. And I'm like, man, I love it. It, 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 it helps me. I, I love that because I want to encourage. I want to uplift. I want to build up. I want to, to, to help people um, be, believe more in themselves. I want to help people with um, lack of self-value. 
I want to help people with lack of self-esteem, realize who they are in Christ. And that means a lot to me. No matter where you're at on a Christian scale, I don't care if you're a mature Christian for, for, for 50 years or you're brand new, just got saved yesterday. You, everybody battles with that and needs encouragement. And then we have hospitality, which would be like the, greeter, the greeters as well that falls into that category. Maybe you're cooking food, you're, you're carrying food to someone's house, or, or you're on the, 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 the team that takes people to the hospital, not takes people to the hospital, but you meet them at the hospital when they're in surgeries and so, such as that. And then you have administration, which is paperwork, which I don't do. I don't like to do that. I can't, I don't, that's definitely not my gift. Um, that's why I have Pastor Kristen. She's a children's pastor, but she's also my admin assistant, and she takes care of, of my paperwork and helps me with that because I'm not good at it. Um, John Maxwell, I was in a, at a, a, a seminar he did one time, and he said, the reason I, I'm so good in leadership and the reason that people look at me as maybe the best person speaking on leadership is because I focus on what I do best. And he said, and I surround myself with people who do things better than I do, you know, that, that, are, that do better than I do. And so that's what I try to do as well. I try to learn from that. And I, I, I'm an encourager, and I preach, and I lead, and then I surround myself with people who can do paperwork. I've got an amazing team that's got all kind of great gifts and so many gifts that are better than mine, and they surround me and help me be better. And they make me look good, and I, and I thank them for that because it's because of them that I, that I do look good at times because they make things look so great in all the things that we do here. So also, there's a, there, did you know there's a gift of giving? Did you know that God blesses people with a gift just to make money so they can give to the kingdom of God? That is literally a gift right here. And it says that you, can, that you can make money. They give you the gift of whatever you do, you make money. And you make lots of money, maybe. So you can give to the kingdom of God, so you can give to other people, so you can help, so you can, you can help meet the needs of people. And then there's leadership, the gift of leadership. And then there's the gift of mercy. And then after that, we have the manifestation gifts. And these gifts is where the Holy Spirit spontaneously manifests himself through the believer, okay? Um, and those three are broken down into three different sections. One, revelation gifts. This, these are all manifestation, manifestation gifts, but they're in three, three different categories under that. Revelation gifts, that's the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Okay, I'll talk about these in a few minutes. I'm just going to give them to you first. And then, and then you have the power gifts, which is um, discerning of the spirits, Faith is power. Discerning the spirits is power. Healing, power. Miracles, power. And then you have the vocal gifts, which is prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues. And that last, the vocal gifts is the one that confuses a lot of people. Um, because they're like, oh, I don't know about that tongue stuff. And, and that, that bothers me and a concern. And I know we were non-denominational church and we have Pentecostals here and we have Baptists here and we have Methodists here and we have Catholics here from every faith. But, 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 but I think we need to understand each other's faith and what we believe because we're all one. And so we can, we can, we can move forward together. And once you understand things, you'll, you, the reason people don't, their fear, some people fear different things of the gifts is because they don't understand them, okay? And so, um, matter of fact, I want you to understand that, that, that my advice is don't let anybody keep you or anybody that you've seen or whatever you've heard about something, don't let it keep you from being blessed by what God has for you, okay? And don't let anybody's misuse of a gift or anybody's abuse of a gift keep you from experiencing what God has for you that he created to help you make you better. You see, in Acts chapter 1 and 8, it says that he ascended into heaven and he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. See, the promises of power comes with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes on you and gives you power to witness, boldness, authority, these kind of things like that. Okay, and strengthens you to, for your walk in your Christian services. And, and, and it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, 
God wants us to understand these gifts. Why am I preaching on it today? Because he wants us to understand these gifts. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant. And the, the New Living Translation says, now, brothers, regarding your questions about the special abilities the Spirit gives you, which is gifts, I do not want you to misunderstand this. You see, the thing is, is you don't hear a lot of preachers talking about these gifts, but the thing is, they're very important. God's like, I don't want you to be ignorant. Ignorant is not a dumb word. It's not a bad word. Ignorant means unlearned, misunderstood. Um, you don't have all the facts. That's what ignorant is. So he's saying you don't have all the facts. You don't understand. You misunderstand that. You don't understand it. So therefore, that's why you judge it. That's why you look down on it, what have you. So he's like, I want you to understand what's going on. Well, why is understanding going on? So, why is that so good? Well, because the devil's success, this is powerful to me. This is very, very powerful to me, and hopefully it is you. The devil's success is dependent on our ignorance. The, de the, the devil will succeed more and more whenever we are ignorant, when we don't understand things. When we don't understand it, the devil loves that because he can take advantage of that, and then he tries to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. But God wants us to understand things. Matter of fact, he wants us to desire these gifts. He wants us to say, I want that. I desire that. And in 1 Corinthians 12 and 31, it says, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. Earnestly desire. Earnestly. Warm. Warm them real bad. Say, hey, God, I want that gift. There's a gift there. You got a gift for me, God? I want it. Which gift can I have? I want one. And, and God will give you these gifts because he gives them all. If, you, if you're a Christian here today and you're safe, you can have these gifts. And then the New Living Translation um, says it as well. It says, it says um, you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Okay, chapter 12 is all about spiritual gifts. Okay, it's all spiritual gifts. Chapter 13 is about what? Does anybody know what chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13 is? Love. It's all about love. Okay, so he's saying all these gifts, desire these gifts, want these gifts, ask me for these gifts, use these gifts, but let me show you the best way of all to live. These gifts are good to live by and help each other, but there's one better way than anything to live, and that's chapter 13, the chapter of love. So God's saying the best way is to, to love, okay? So Paul, Paul uh, was inspired by Holy Spirit to, to talk about these nine manifestation gifts. Every, every believer is promised and empowered to, to, to the Holy Spirit comes on you to, to empower you for um, witnessing, for boldness, for authority, for wisdom, all these things to, to be able to defeat the enemy, to be able to go through life a whole lot stronger. And these gifts will help you do that, okay? And so I want to talk to you real quick about the revelation gifts. Number one is a word of wisdom. This is the application of knowledge. When you read the Bible, you get knowledge. Okay, so wisdom is applying what you've read. Okay, so you read something, hey, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You know, um, I'm an overcomer through Christ. I can break my addiction. I can break, I can break this in my life. Oh, oh, I, God can work this out. Oh, I can be healed. I can be made whole, so on and so on. So now I have that, then I apply that knowledge to my life. Okay, that's how that works. Jesus faced temptations in the, in, in, you know, in the Bible um, whenever they, he was in the wilderness. The devil, devil came to him. How, what wisdom did he use to defeat the enemy? The wisdom that, that Jesus used was to quote the scripture. And that's how he defeated the enemy. And we've got to use that same wisdom when the enemy comes to attack us. Because we know in Adam and Eve came, when, in the beginning of the Garden of Eden, Eve was attacked by the enemy. And she didn't say, well, God said, you know, he said, 
Well, God said this, and she didn't try to defeat him, and she didn't say, no, that's not what he said. He said she didn't say that, and then all of a sudden, you see, she was deceived. So we have to use the word of God, and we have to use wisdom. And you know, the wisdom helps us to, 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 to defeat the purposes of the, of the enemy, and he, he helps us apply, knowing how to apply the word of God. Wisdom is very essential in all these gifts that I'm going to talk about today, because you've got to know how to use the gifts. It's a big deal, okay? Um, so as you study, study scripture, God will give you wisdom to help you understand the Bible. A, a word of wisdom, you can look at something one way and then one day you'll look at it and you're like, oh, wow. Wow, thank you, God. And God will reveal that to you through, through the wisdom that you have that he's given you. And then the second one is the word of knowledge. And this is uh, receiving facts supernaturally by the Spirit. You'll, you'll receive facts. There'll be things that come into your life that God will speak to you and you're like, oh, I didn't know that. And it'll be revealed to you. God gives me a word of knowledge a lot of times when I'm studying. I'll see a scripture or I'll be thinking about something. And all of a sudden, this, 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 this will, something will drop in my spirit. And it's, and it's a word of knowledge that God gave me about something that I did not know. It's given by the Holy Spirit. Elisha, when the prophet, um, um, Elisha the prophet knew that Gehazi had, had um, lied to Naaman the leper, you know, in, in 2 Kings chapter 5. That was the Holy Spirit that gave him a word that, hey, excuse me, that gave him a word, hey, he's lying. You know, Ananias and Sapphira, they, they, when they sold their land, they told, the, they told the prophet, oh, I gave, it all, I gave it all to God. But Peter, in his spirit, received the word from God that, hey, they're lying. You know, and they knew that they knew that, that, was not, he was not, not, that was not true. And Acts 5 and 3 actually says, what has Satan filled thine heart to lie against the Holy Ghost? So there's a word that can come to you that God will impart facts into your life that will help you with something else, with somebody else. And so it can be personal, it can be something for you, or it can be for you to share with others. And whenever you receive that word of knowledge, you should begin to pray immediately. How do I apply this in my life, God? You've given me this knowledge. You've given me this wisdom. And now how do I apply this knowledge in my life? And then the third thing is the discerning of spirits. That's the third part of these gifts. And, and it says uh, this is perceiving a source of, manif of the manifestation, whether it's from God, man, or the devil. You see, um, there was a fortune teller in the, in the Bible that, that was talking to Paul, to Peter, excuse me, no, to Paul, in, in Acts chapter 8, 23, and Paul, Paul, she was saying all these things about God, and but what she was actually doing was mocking God. She was pretending to act like she was a Christian and that she knew these godly things, but, but God allowed Paul to discern that, hey, she's not right. There's a demon in her, and he cast her out and said, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus. She, he cast out a demon because God gave him the discerning of spirits and he realized, wow, this is not good. So God will give you the ability to determine if something is between good and evil and how it is. We're in a battle and the devil is cunning and he'll come to you as an angel of light sometimes. And he'll try to make you, make you believe it's one thing, but God in his spirit can give you this, this gift of discernment and say, you know what? That's not right. And I'm sure a lot of y'all have, at some point in time, you felt God was sharing with you that this was a bad situation versus a good situation. You started to go somewhere, and you just kind of knew in your spirit, this ain't right. And that's God allowing the gift of, gift of discernment to flow through you at that point in time to do so, to realize that. And then we have the, the, the vocal gifts, and these are the ones that are most confusing to people who don't understand them. Once you understand them, then it's, it's a whole lot easier to understand. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go through this kind of quickly because i got all the gifts to go through. But I want to let you know, if you're, more, if you're really interested in learning more about the gift of, of, of tongues, interpretation, and such as that, if you'll go back to kingdomlife.com, www.kingdomlife.com, 
and then go to Wilmington campus and then go to media and then scroll up. Um, I think sometime last year I preached two incredible messages on Holy Spirit. Very ABC, very one, two, three. It was very, very easy to understand and it will explain to you a whole lot more than I can go into to today and it will answer a whole lot more of your questions. As well as this Tuesday night, we do have... Um, Life 101, we have a whole lot of hungry people, uh, brand new Christians and, and mature Christians. But I tell you what, we are having church on Tuesday nights. They are hungry for God. They are asking questions. They are learning. They are growing. And they are, they are learning scripture. And they are um, reading chapters and stuff. And it's just it's such a good time. It's so funny that I'm preaching on this this week because this, this um, Tuesday night we are talking a little bit about Holy Spirit. So if you're interested, you can also show up to that. Not just this Tuesday night, but every Tuesday night for a while until we're finished with the discipleship um, 101 class. So, but anyway, there's tongues, um, tongue, the gift of tongues. And then there, the, the tongues is broken down into several categories as well. There's tongues unto God. 1 Corinthians 14 and 20. It says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. And there's several ways that happens. One is self-edification. When you speak in tongues, you are, you are talking to God and, and it builds you up. It, it, it's a, it, it makes you excited and, and it, it, it gives you strength and power inside you. And then that's self-edification. And then there's another tongues unto God that's for intercede, intercession. You're praying to God, interceding for someone else. You're praying for somebody. You're interceding for them. And the Holy Spirit prays directly to the Father for you. And then you have the third, the third way, and that's the, the private prayer life. You're just praying in, in, in at home, and you're just praying to God, and you're just praying in the Spirit. And you're like, why? I don't understand this tongues thing. Why do we have to have that? Well, because it, whenever you're speaking in, in, in Holy Spirit in tongues, then what that is is that you're praying directly to God. It's not your own thoughts. It's Holy Spirit praying for you to God, and the devil can't hear it. The devil can't understand it. So, therefore, that's what's so powerful about it because it's, 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 a, spirit, it's a gift from the Spirit, and he prays for you what you know, even things that you don't even know that you need to pray. And the, that, that is confusing to a lot of people because they feel like something's weird that, that, that hey, that's, 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 that's not my English language, and I don't understand that. It's a special gift. And I want you to go back into, to kingdomlife.com and listen to those messages to help you understand the gift of Holy Spirit because it's very powerful and it's very, very, very helpful to you um, to help you do that. And you may even hear, like I said, there's different backgrounds in this room. And you may hear someone once in a while praying, uh, praying qu quietly in their Holy Spirit prayer language. They may be building themselves up or interceding for somebody even right here. And then there's another type of tongues, and it's tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. You know, when I was growing up, I was told that, well, you know, you hear somebody speaks in tongues and you hear them speaking in tongues, then, then that's a sign to the unbeliever. You know, that somebody's going to get, I was like, well, I, that, that kind of bothered me. And, and, and I realized that's not really true because I know for, for a fact it's not true because two reasons. One is because of the fact that my best friend came with me. He never heard of it. And someone spoke in tongues and he left and never came back. I was like, he was an unbeliever. He didn't believe right away. But once I talked to him and explained to him what it was, what it was for, he came back and he totally understood it and he was okay. You know, but, but what that scripture was in Acts chapter 2, it says some were marveled at hearing their own native language. See, they were saved because someone who did not know Holy they did not know a, a language, they did not know uh, uh, whatever language they were listening to, and they spoke that language, and then that person, that person understood it, and they're like, oh wow, that had to be God. That had to be God because they don't know my language and they just spoke my language. So someone may 
be speaking in tongues, and they be speaking, they don't, know, they don't know Spanish or French, and they speak that. They may not know a, a language somewhere in the jungles of Africa, and they're able to speak that, and someone hears that as nearby, and it's happened before in the past where someone spoke a language that they didn't know, and someone else heard it and received Christ for it. That's what it's talking about when it says time, signs or a, t- a sign for the unbeliever. And then the last part, the last type of tongues is the tongues that edify the body of believers, and that's tongues interpretation, Okay. And so Paul says that I would that you all speak in tongues. He said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. And then he said, forbid not speaking in tongues. So don't, don't tell people not to. Don't forbid it, but I wish everybody would. And then he says, I thank God that I probably speak in tongues more than you all. But then at the same time, he goes on and says, but you know what? But everybody's not going to speak in tongues. But then he goes on and says that um, I'd rather speak a couple words in English rather than a whole lot of words in tongues because people don't understand it unless it's interpretation. See, tongues are more of a private thing than a public thing. The only time it's really for public is, is whenever someone speaks in tongues and there's supposed to be interpretation. Other than that, it's just you in private. It's, it's between you and between you and God and you and God talking. That's like I said earlier. That's why you may hear someone here speaking in their, in their prayer language, you know, in their seat, you know, what have you. Um, because it, it is a private thing. Acts chapter 2 says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. Okay. Holy Spirit, is the, the gift is not about the tongues. And that's what people freak out about. They're like, oh my God, this tongue thing's so weird. It's not about the tongues. It's about power. That's what Holy Spirit is for, to bring you power. It's not to freak you out, and it's not to, not to do anything else, but to bring power in your life, okay? That, that, that they, uh, the, um, the, the tongues itself is just the avenue that the Holy Spirit comes, okay? So it's very critical for intercession and spiritual warfare. And then the second part is, like I said, the, the, to the church is tongues interpretation. That's when someone gives out a message in tongues and then someone interprets that. Okay? But that, that, that gift is normally for very spiritually mature people who, who received it through diligent prayer, heart, you know, a lot of study of the scriptures, and intense time with the Holy Spirit. And then the third type of the, the vocal gifts is prophecy. And that's when someone um, has a revelation for edification. It's when Scripture is very clear. It says, he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. The prophecy is designed to build you up, to encourage you, to stir you, to bring light to you, to bring comfort to you, to bring vision to you. So if anybody ever comes up to you to prophesy to you and it's doom and gloom, say thank you, appreciate that, you know, and just go on because that's not from God. Okay, the discerning of the spirits is going to help you to know that, 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 that maybe not, that may not be a bad spirit that a person has, but that word was not of God. Okay, because God will not give you doom and gloom like that when someone prophesies. It's, the scripture plainly says it's designed for edification and uplifting. It's supposed to be powerful and in, encouraging to you not to, to demean you or put you down um, or, or bring bad news to you. It has to be completely consistent with the word of God. And it also can never contradict the Word of God in any way, okay? So that is the gift of prophecy, when someone prophesies and, and, and prophesies something to you. And then we have, finally, the power gifts. The power gifts. And this is those that, that bring power to our lives, like the, the gift of faith. It's a God-given ability to believe for the impossible. The gift of, the, the gift of faith is, is the greatest of the power gifts. It is exceptional ability to trust God when things seem like it's impossible, okay? Um, a lot of times there's confusion about this gift as well because there's three types of faith. Did you know there was three types of faith? 
Number one is saving faith. Romans 12 and 23 says that the measure of faith given to every person. Every person has been given a measure of faith to receive Christ. Because you're saved by grace through faith. Okay? Okay? And so you have to know that, that you have a certain amount of faith. And all you need is a, a, this, a faith the size of a mustard seed to move mountains. But everybody's given a measure of faith. But then you have the fruit of faith. The fruit of faith is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Faith, that's a, a, a gift. I mean, that is a gift of the fruit of the Spirit. And then, so you have saving faith, the fruit of faith, and then you have the gift of faith. The gift of faith comes in a moment for a season and for a reason. It comes out of nowhere, and you just had this gift of faith to believe for something that's impossible. You, you didn't think it was possible, and God just gives you the natural faith to believe for something that, that can't normally happen. You know, it does not deny the fact, okay? It changes the fact, okay? Because you may say, hey, you know, I, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever it is um, that, you're, that you're believing for, you may, God, you may have cancer, and you may say, hey, well, I have cancer. That's the fact. But God can change the fact. You know, he, he can change it to where all of a sudden you don't have cancer no more, right? So that, that he gives you the faith to do that. Just like he did with Pam. She, she needed a heart transplant, I mean, the, the liver transplant. And, God, and the, the, that was a problem that she had. And God gave her the faith, her and her family, the faith to change that. And then all of a sudden she had what she needed. So how do we move into this gift? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So how do we get faith? We read. We read some more. We listen to it. We listen to preaching. The more we hear the Word of God, the more our faith increases. And the more we have the ability to receive this gift that's so powerful to believe for the supernatural to happen in our life. The, the, the gift of faith can only happen when God's promises become more real to us than our circumstances. As long as we're worried about the circumstances around us, you'll never be able to use the gift of faith because you're so concerned about what's happening around you. But when you get your eyes off of the, the, the waves around you, as Peter did, and, and start looking at God, the gift of faith can come and you can have belief and God can help you believe for supernatural things that the world says can't happen, and it will. And then you have the gift of healing, which is restoration of health. It's a power gift. 1 Corinthians 12 and 9 talks about this, this gift. And, and, it's, and it's both physical and emotional healing. Sometimes we need emotional healing as well. And these gifts come sometimes immediate and sometimes gradual. But they're healing. You, you know, if you listen to me sometimes, you'll hear me up here praying. And I'll say, God, Lord, increase our faith. God, increase their faith. God, increase my faith. Or you'll hear me say, God, I pray right now for the gift, the gift of healing to flow through me. And I'm praying for these. I'm asking God because I don't own, you know, we, everybody has a gift. We all have a gift. You, you got to know what your gift is. I know mine's encouragement and, and leadership and pastoral and this kind of stuff like that. But, but sometimes since I don't just walk around with the gift of healing, when someone comes up for that, sometimes if I don't have the faith to believe with it right, right then, sometimes I'll ask God. I'll ask God for more faith or for the gift of healing to flow through me for that to happen. And it happens sometimes immediately and sometimes it happens gradually. Okay? You know, just like the other day, you know, uh, we, were, we were at the hospital, me and Mr. Loris with, with, with Miss Debbie Collins, and, and she was sitting there in the hospital, and, and she got her bad report. She had some lymph nodes that were glowing and all this kind of stuff. And, and all of a sudden, uh, we, they went in. 
we, we had been praying, and me and, me and uh, Mr. Loris, when we walked in the room, we said, there's such a special peace in this room. And I haven't felt it be like that before, just walking into a, a hospital room. We said, there's, so much, there's such a special peace in here right now. And we prayed, and I told, I told Debbie, I said, I feel victory. And I'm very careful to say stuff like that because I don't want to give nobody false hope. But I felt that victory, and that my, 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 my faith level was rising. I, I said, I feel victory in here. Anyway, she went back, and she came, they came, the doctor came back out like in no time hardly and said, listen here, there's nothing. There's no glowing. There's no nothing. There's nothing wrong with lymph nodes. We don't need to do anything. Forget everything I said. Everything's perfect. Praise God. Amen. And we have been praying about that. And that was a gradual healing. And that, that, that we prayed about that at one point, and God gradually healed that. You know, and so that was exciting to do that. And sometimes God heals immediately. We've had several people that had anxiety problems that came down here and got prayed for. And I prayed for them, we prayed for them, and they got healed instantly of anxiety. And then other people, they, 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 got, they had, it got prayed for, and it took a little, little bit of time for them to get healed. And some other times, people are, just, are still struggling with that, and they're still praying, and we got to continue to pray for them. Sometimes it's a spoken word, be healed. And that's how people get healed. And the Bible says, you know, says um, about how God sometimes just says be healed. And then at other times people get healed by their faith because the woman with the issue of blood, she had to push through the crowd and get to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment. And her faith made her whole. So sometimes it's a spoken word, be healed. Sometimes it's your faith that gets you to get to God and just hang on and he's whole. And then the Bible also talks in James about laying on the hands. We call the elders of the church and lay on of hands with anointed of all and the sick shall recover. And then how about this right here? This is just so powerful. I just want this in my life. This is just so incredible. It's almost unheard of that the Bible says that, that Peter in the New Testament, that Peter walked and it says his shadow healed people. He was just walking in his shadow, healed people. Peter Pan, take that. You know what I'm saying? Peter Pan thought he had something. But, but see, Peter's shadow healed, healed people. How wonderful would that be? To be so full of God, to be so full of faith that you're walking and you just walk past people and they, 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 your shadow touches you. Man, what a, what a belief and what a faith and what a hope we can have in that. God desires you to be healed. And God desires you to be an instrument of healing. You know, like I said, we believe that, you know, some people like Benny Hinn and Oral Roberts have this gift of healing, but you can have it too. It doesn't have to be the pastor. You can pray with somebody and they can get healed. And you can pray with somebody and you can ask God. The Bible says, desire these gifts. Want these gifts. Ask God for these gifts. Study these gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant of them. I want you to understand these gifts. So ask for whatever it is, whichever one of these gifts you're, you're wanting, ask for it. And then we have the working of miracles. And that's God working in the supernatural. Now we often call when someone gets healed instantaneously a miracle. But it's really more, technically, it's more of something that happens supernaturally. Like against the laws of nature. Like the Red Sea rolled back and they walked through on dry land. That's a miracle. He turned the water into wine. That, that, that doesn't happen. It's a miracle. Okay, you know, um, he, he stopped the rotation of the earth for 12 hours so the time can stop so they can win the victory. Time, that, that's, that's against nature. The walls of Jericho co fell with nobody touching them. That's a miracle. You know, yes, blinded eyes are seeing. We call that a miracle because it is to us. But technically, this gift is more about supernatural happening. And I love and I believe that the supernatural can continue to happen in our lives and we can see more things like that. Supernatural meaning, yeah, healing maybe, but, but maybe 
Back in the days you hear of Oral Roberts days of people's legs growing out or gross falling off of their face. Super, something that's not supposed to happen happens. And that is the gift of miracles. And we got to know that there's new dimensions for us and God is ready to flow through each one of us to do that. The more we read this Bible, the more we understand His Word and understand what we're reading, and the more that we'll be able to move in powerful dimensions in the work of God and the working of miracles. God has given each of each, the Bible says right here in 1 Peter 4 and 10, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So God has given you a gift. Each one of you have a gift. And God wants you to use that to serve one another, to have faith for one another. If you got a strong gift of faith, join hands with somebody else and say, God, I release my faith for them. I, I, it's like two is better than one, kind of like one or twin powers. Activate. I don't know if you remember that, that show back when we were little. You know, but, but you're, you're, you're joining together and you're saying, you know what, God, I want to use this gift. I want to I help. I want this gift. I want to be able to flow in that. And God, if you see fit to it, Lord, allow me to have that gift. Whatever that gift is, whether it's, you know, and there's other gifts that I didn't even talk about. There's, there's gifts, you know, of workmanship, people who have a gift of working with their hands. There's, all, there's, there's a whole lot more even gifts, you know, that, that, I, that I didn't even get to touch. But, but, but these gifts here are special for you. They're powerful for you. And God wants to use them in your life and in our life. He's used so many of these gifts here in our church. And we've seen people get healed. We've seen, we've seen people get touched and blessed. We've seen people have faith for things that they didn't have faith for. We've seen the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge happen. I was, right after service, I was, talk, I was praying with somebody. And the word of knowledge came to me about this person. And, and, I, and I just thought, I said, listen, God's telling me right now. God's telling me right now that, and he, I told him what, what God had spoken to me. That was a word of knowledge that came to me to speak to him. You know, now, you got to be careful. Because you, you got to know, you got to have wisdom to operate all these things. I had, a, I had a, a lady that had the gift of uh, the, the word of knowledge and prophetic in her. And uh, whenever I was a youth pastor 18, 20 years ago, and um, this guy came in and sat down. And she said, oh, I got a word for him. And she walked over to him and said, hey, God's called you to preach. You're going to be a pastor. And you're going to reach thousands of people. And God's going to bless your ministry. And you can travel all over the world. And this little kid ain't even saved yet. He was like 12 years old. He's like, we never saw him again. He may call him maybe on his life. But see, in our zealousness to be holy and to be righteous and to share what God shares with us, we go out just crazy and we just tell people stuff that God says and, and we don't use no wisdom. We don't apply it the right way and we scare people. God talks to us, but if we don't use it the right way, we scare people off. If we don't talk, if we you're talking to somebody who don't understand the gift of tongues, and you're like, I'll tell you what I'm speaking in tongues, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, what in the, whoa, whoa, what is that? I don't understand. I don't like that. That's scary. But see, if they understand it, we teach them and help them, then they're like, oh, I understand it. Oh, it's from God. If it's from God, it can't be bad. So I don't understand it. That's why it scares me. So let me understand it so I can maybe get that gift one day. All the gifts ain't for everybody. You're not going to have all the gifts. But you'll have some, you have something. You have a gift because God says he gave everybody a gift. So what is your gift? And are you using your gift? There's plenty of gift tests out there. I even have some gift tests. You can find, so you can find out what your gift is. But when you have it, whatever your gift is, use it with wisdom and use the knowledge of the Word of God to apply it. Don't go out just like a crazy kid and just little, you give a little, little two-year-old a gun and just, okay, here's your, here's your powerful gift. And they go shoot somebody, right? 
Okay, well, same way with us. If you've got the gift of God that is so powerful, and we just go out just without any with reckless abandon, and we don't even know how to use it, it can hurt somebody, and it can hurt you. So you may have the gift of prophecy and God show you stuff, but there's a time and a place for everything. And we know that because what happened? Joseph, he had a dream and he shared it with his brothers and he shouldn't have. And look what happened. He had all kind of hell happen in his life because of it. So we got to have wisdom and knowledge on how to use these gifts and allow God to touch us and help us. Amen. You know, and I want to share this with you today because I just felt like I needed to kind of disciple y'all a little bit and teach you some things rather than preach to you today. Because of the fact that, that God says, hey, don't be ignorant of these things. Well, you're probably not going to sit down to, today or you haven't sat down probably your whole life maybe. And just say, let me look at these, these gifts and maybe see what they're like and study them a little bit. Okay, so if you don't know what they are, then you're not studying them. Then you don't know. Then you're ignorant. And then if you have one, it's gonna, it, you, first off, you don't know you even have it. So therefore, you can't even use it. So it's my responsibility as pastor to teach you sometimes teach you about things in the Bible so you can know that. So now you can go say, oh, wow, that gift of faith. I want to, I want to study more about that. And then you can look it up in the Bible or, or you can today you can Google gift of faith and you can find some stuff on it. But if you, if you Google, make sure and, and talk to me because everything on Google ain't right. Just like everything you see on Christian television ain't Christian, everything on Google ain't always Christian just because it says Christian, okay? So I want to help you with that. I want to guide you. I want to give wisdom to it. Because wisdom is important. Solomon said, I want wisdom. When he prayed to God, what did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. If you just can get the gift of wisdom, your whole life will be a whole lot better. Because we do some stupid stuff. I do this. Okay, let me, make this, let me turn this inward. I do some stupid stuff. And so I ask God for wisdom to help me make the right decisions, to do the right things, so I can please him and be honorable to him and to this church. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes, please? God, I just pray for everybody in this room right now, and I pray that the gifts that are in them would rise up, and it would rise up in them, and they would realize the gifts that they have. God, I pray for the gift of wisdom in everybody in this room, that they would have the wisdom to understand the Word, and, and they would read the Word, and they would know how to apply the Word, and, and the knowledge that they get from the Word, they could use it to benefit your kingdom. God, I pray that other gifts in their lives would, would flourish and they would use them here at our church, God, and that you would bless them and help them, Father, to, to, to use all the gifts that you give them. And any gift they don't understand, God, I pray that you help them understand them so they don't fear them. Because, God, anything that you make, God, is not fearful. Because everything that you make is fearfully and wonderfully made in an honorable sight. Thank you, God. I pray that you help them today to recognize and use the gifts that you've given them. In Jesus' name, amen. And yes, you that just thought, 